speaker today, Dr. Bilar Kaya. She got her MD at Hazatepe University. Sorry for the mispronunciation. Hazatepe, that's fine. Totally okay, fine. thank you. And her uh, PhD at University of Oxford, UK. She did postdoctoral studies at NIH. And she was a member of the Laboratory of Immune System Biology, NIAID. Her research interests are multiple sclerosis and neuroimmunology. And she studies the mechanisms of uh, Tregs or regulatory T cells mediated immune suppression in the context of autoimmunity and cancer using state-of-the-art techniques. Her lab is currently funded by the NIAID New Innovators Award, DP2, for exploring new precision therapies for autoimmune diseases and um, solid tumors. And today she's here with us uh, from the Ohio State University to talk about deciphering specificity and molecular mechanisms of Tregs using novel approaches. So welcome, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And thanks very much, Monica, for this generous introduction. Um, so as Monica stated, um, I'm a new investigator. I started my lab in 2021, in the second half of 2021, um, in Ohio State University. And um, I'm an assistant professor here. And I will tell you about how um, we try to decipher the specificity and molecular mechanisms of Tregs uh, using novel approaches. All right, so um, let me give you a quick overview about what I am going to talk about. Um, so in the first part, I will tell you about um, the mechanisms of Tregs. So uh, what we know, what we don't know, and what we would like to know about how Tregs work. And um, I will continue by uh, telling you our effort, telling you about our efforts uh, in terms of delving into molecular mechanisms of antigen-specific Tregs in mice and human. And in the second part, I will switch gears a little bit. Um, this will be uh, more, of a work in progress uh, section of my studies. Uh, we are still developing all these tools, but I'm happy to share with you um, our progress so far. And okay, so regulatory T cells constitute five to 10% of uh, CD4 positive uh, T cells. Uh, in the peripheral blood, and these are marked by the expression of the transcription factor FOXP3. Um, so the FOXP3 locus is uh, something good to know, and it is pretty clear cut in mouse systems um, uh, in terms of identifying Tregs. Um, I won't get into the details of how un unreliable it might be in human systems, but in mice, uh, we can study um, uh, mouse immune system and mouse Tregs uh, by altering um, FOXP3 locus in mice. Okay, so here is a dramatic view about what happens if a mouse, an adult mouse, uh, loses all its Tregs. So this is a special mouse, FOXP3 DTR. So there's a diphtheria toxin receptor knocked in into this FOXP3 locus. And what happens is that when you treat the mice with diphtheria toxin, uh, the mice just, uh, their Tregs die. Um, so the comparison is the wild type mouse. So if you follow this mouse, you see that within 20 days, all these mice are succumbed to severe autoimmunity and they die. So this tells us how dramatic it might be to lose all our Tregs all of a sudden. So despite it is a very small population, um, it is important to understand how they work. 
Um, and so far, we know that there are antigen-specific and bystander suppression mechanisms by which uh, regulatory T cells work. During my postdoctoral studies, I um, showed that um, regulatory T cells can um, steal peptide MHC2 complexes on dendritic cells in a in a uh, fine with a fine specificity, and they lead to a pinpoint specificity uh, inhibition in the T cell responses. So here I am just trying to depict everything with color coding. So this is a T reg that has a red TCR, and it this T reg steals these red peptide MHC2 complexes, and this results in this T cell with a red TCR to get a, a minuscule stimulus compared to another T cell with an irrelevant TCR. So this is this is one of the mechanisms by which regulatory T cells work, and there are also uh, numerous. Uh, bystander mechanisms such as um, downregulation of CD8086, um, IL-2 consumption, which results in uh, a lack of survival in the uh, T cells in the vicinity. And um, T-Rex can secrete immunosuppressive cytokines such as IL-10, TGF-beta, IL-35, and this uh, list goes on forever. And we still don't know how exactly in uh, in different contexts, uh, Tregs suppress immune responses in vivo. Probably a combination of all these mechanisms, uh, depending on the context. But it is it, it is fair to say these mechanisms are not mutually exclusive to one another. Um, I will. Uh, tell you a little bit more about my own interest about the antigen specific suppression. Um, so. We did a key experiment, and I like to show this experiment uh, to, to make the point. Um, so we created an, in a, a setting where all T cells were subjected to the same bystander effect. So bystander effects are, you know, the inflammatory mediators or uh, whatever you can think of on the bystander list. So what we did was... Um, we obtained antigen-specific uh, TCR transgenic T cells from uh, some donor mice. So these are um, OT2-specific T cells uh, that recognize this uh, peptide, OVA peptide, and smarter cells, uh, S cells, that recognize LCMV-associated peptide. So the question was, when we give a mixture of uh, different specificity naive T cells into this mouse and create an immune response in this mouse uh, by injecting the mouse with um, another set of uh, dendritic cells. So these are freshly isolated dendritic cells, antigen-presenting cells, uh, obtained from a normal mouse. Uh, and we preload them with two different antigens that uh, are recognized by each of these T cells. So the question is, um, when the dendritic cells have these two antigens simultaneously presented on their surface, um, would you expect antigen-specific T regs suppress uh, both T cells or one T cell, but not the other T cell? And we got the answer within three days of you know transferring all these cells. So this is showing you an overview uh, of how the cells proliferate. 
So basically what we do is we label these cells with a proliferation dye. And as the cells divide, this dye is diluted into um, daughter cells. And this is an indication of proliferation. And by measuring the percentage of these dye dilution, uh, you can, you can uh, um, calculate how much these cells proliferate or um, this, and this is an indication of their stimulation. Okay, so the upper row shows the proliferation status of OT cells and the bottom row is ST cells. And in the control uh, mice, uh, we only have the uh, dendritic cells and the T cells, no T regs. So in the mice that received OT regs, what we saw was quite dramatic. Um, although these T regs were able to bind the dendritic cell and get activated, they did not inhibit uh, ST cells, but they only preferred to inhibit OT cells. So there was a complete antigen match. And vice versa, in ST-reg transferred mice, um, OT cells were perfectly normal and heavily dividing, and ST cells this time were inhibited. So this was black and white antigen specific, and this was in contrary to the previous observations that were uh, th that were done in vitro. So um, I always tell my students, well, it is really important to do in vivo experiments that back up the, um, the, the concepts and results you obtain from in vitro experiments. And this is one of the, um, one of the um, ex ex examples of that. Um, and I, I am skipping a lot of things in between and I wanted to uh, I want to share with you what we found uh, at the bottom of this uh, interesting antigen specific suppression. Um, and um, here we use another set of antigen specific TCR transgenic system and I'll tell you why. So these are this time HT regs that recognize HEL antigen and this is an uh, MT reg that recognizes MOT cytochrome C. So what we saw was um, when we measured specific peptide MHC2 complexes, not the total MHC2, but specific peptide MHC2, that, that means that presents a specific antigen. In, the, in this case, it is cytochrome C. We saw that Tregs um, specifically take on peptide MHC2 complexes that they recognize. Even though Dendritic cell presents two antigens at the same time, and Tregs are able to bind dendritic cell surface. And this is this is the control cell type here. They don't acquire, so this is gating on the Tregs. They don't acquire uh, MCC complexes, whereas MTregs acquire MCC complexes, and vice versa is also uh, true. Um, and looking on the dendritic cell surface, what we saw was quite dramatic as well. Um, so the double pulse DC, so the DC that has both antigens, 
is the DASH histogram. And this is uh, measuring the peptide MHC2 complexes again with this antibody. And after dendritic cells contact with these Tregs, one or the other, we saw that HTregs did not diminish these complexes on the dendritic cells. However, MTregs did. So um, there was a dose-dependent reduction on the peptide MHC2 complexes on the dendritic cells. And this was uh, very much antigen-specific. Um, and this is, this is still, you know, how this is happening is still puzzling us. And we also asked the question whether this also happens in uh, the normal um, conventional T-cell synapses. And I'll just show you pretty pictures again to, to make the point about uh, the differences between regulatory T-cells and uh, naive and activated T-cells. So um, we decided to look at the interaction. So because we saw something different happening in the interaction uh, of antigen-specific Tregs with the dendritic cells, we decided, okay, let's focus on these interactions uh, early on. So we um, immobilized dendritic cells uh, loaded with antigen um, on silicon chips. So these are fibronectin-coated silicon chips and um, just co-cultured cells just to let them interact for um, up to three hours. And then we visualize them by scanning electron microscopy, confocal microscopy, and also needed flow cytometry. Um, what we saw was quite dramatic. And we started to get clues simply by looking at how these cells interact. So this is an interaction between naive T cell and the dendritic cell. And you see that the Treg um, has a round morphology uh, and you know picture perfect synapse uh, interaction, and activated T cells they got bigger. They preserve their round morphology, and you would see more prominent microvilli, but you would still see um, the cells are interacting uh, in a way similar to the naive T cells. However, when you look at the dendritic cell T reg interaction, you would notice that T regs. Uh, have a different morphological appearance. And they look more like amoeba than uh, just round T cell uh, T lymphocytes. And they um, have very long philopodia that they extend to the uh, synaptic space. And if you, as much as we could resolve into these membrane bridges between these cells, we noticed that the naive T cell uh, dendritic cell interaction harbored um, rather um, narrow uh, and uh, multiple uh, membrane bridges. Um, and we know that these bridges contain the TCR and their uh, co-stimulator receptors. Um, and activated T cells uh, presented a more mature synapse structure with uh, considerably wider um, nanodomains, membrane nanodomains. And looking at Tregs, what we saw was there was a bigger um, um, membrane uh, interaction, which which was uh, suggestive of an even more mature synapse structure compared, even compared to activated Tregs that carry the same TCR, um, and we um, we were 
curious that whether these morphological adaptations may underlie uh, peptide MHC2 uptake and be resolved uh, into this time frame by electron microscopy and followed uh, our peptide MHC2 movement in these naive T cell, activated T cell, and IT ray. And within this time frame, what we saw was this is the dendritic cell um, uh, sort of full of endosomes that are uh, carrying peptide MHC2 complexes that are marked with quantum dots. And this is a this is a Treg that is currently in in synapse with the dendritic cell. And uh, you 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 can appreciate that there are some early endosomal structures that also harbor these peptide MHC2 complexes. And uh, let me tell you, Tregs or any mouse T cells, they don't have MHC2 or peptide MHC2 to start with. So it has to come from somewhere else. And this is in this case coming from the dendritic cell. And um, we were also, um, we were able to detect some isolated patches of uh, peptide MHC2 complexes on the surface of uh, Tregs as well. And this is just a quantification within this time frame. You would see more quantum dots uh, indicative of peptide MHC2 complexes accumulating inside and on the surface of dendritic cells. And this is just a total MHC2 patch um, that is uh, that ends up on uh, on the on the on the Treg. Um, and okay, it is it is tricky business to study these uh, integer specific Treg interactions, and you have to resort to several tools to be able to do this. So um, we have done this quite a lot in mice so far, and uh, the idea is you would you know use a TCR transgenic POXP3 reporter mouse strain and either isolate these cells out or differentiate uh, your naive T cells into um, I induced T-Rex, ex vivo. However, I would like to focus on uh, the ways to derive um, T-Rex and conventional T cells, integer specific uh, T-Rex and conventional T cells out of human PBMCs. And um, right now we are trying to develop uh, our, uh, um, we are optimizing um, our ability to uh, transduce the TCRs of interest into the um, T conventional cells and Tregs that are derived from a normal uh, human. And um, so I, I, didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I found a great collaborator, um, uh, Todd Brusco. Dr. Brusco uh, is the director of uh, Diabetes Research Institute uh, from University of Florida. And I approached him to ask, um, uh, ask for his expertise and his um, help in developing lentivirally transduced Tregs. So they call this these Tregs, Treg avatars. And I just wanted to do the experiment uh, of peptide MHC2 capture in uh, this uh, well-controlled human system uh, by his help. And so what we did was basically this was done by Todd, Todd's lab and uh, they are still helping us with deriving uh, all these TCR uh, transduced uh, Tregs and 
the helper T cells. And now my people, as my lab gets more experience, we are also started to, we have also started to do this uh, on our own. So anyway, so he gave me the T-Rex um, that carry um, TCRs of known affinity and known specificity. So these um, T-Regs and T helper cells were transduced with um, an antigen that uh, um, glutamic acid, acid de decarboxylase um, antigen is a specific peptide residue. And these were uh, formally derived, these TCRs were formally derived from um, uh, patients, type 1 diabetes patients, and we know uh, that they recognize this peptide sequence. And um, he also provided us um, HLA-DR4 risk allele carrying um, type 1 diabetes patient PBMCs from which we isolated B cells and monocytes uh, as, a, as a source of antigen presenting cells. So this is rather a proof of principle experiment where we try to understand whether human Tregs also have the capability of stealing antigen from antigen presenting cells. And what we saw, and this is this is preliminary data, and we are um, currently repeating all um, these experiments um, again with the same set of TCRs, but dif different um, different samples. Um, what we saw was, <clears throat> um, regardless of the affinity, so this is a low affinity TCR, this is a high affinity TCR, and this is the amount of uh, peptide MHC2 uh, captured by Tregs versus uh, effector T cells. So red histograms show the um, Tregs, black histograms are the effector T cells, and you can appreciate that from B cells, there is a there are heaps of antigen that is stolen by regulatory T cells that have the high affinity TCR. But this doesn't mean that they the low affinity TCR Tregs don't also um, um, steal peptide MHC two. They also do, and I would like to say that regardless of the affinity, Tregs do a better job compared to um, conventional uh, T cells. Um, and this is this is for, this is from the monocyte surface. It is more modest. If you look at the scale, it's a little bit different with the capture from the monocytes, but still we see the same thing that Tregs acquire more antigen um, compared to the T cells. And now I will quickly get into the new tools for deciphering the specificity and biology of human Tregs. And I, I hope I have been able to convince you about the unique potential of the antigen-specific Tregs. So it is time to really utilize the information um, that, we, that, that we already have. Um, so one of the things is, so it, it is nice to use a known um, TCR and known antigen specificity in a well-controlled system and to, to ask some biology-related questions. But humans, it is not easy to get your hands into a bona fide antigen-reactive TRAs. So we have some uh, crazy uh, um, attempts 
right now, and I I wouldn't call it crazy. Um, so hopefully, uh, it'll it'll give us some decent direction for our future studies. So what we try to do right now is to obtain uh, patient PBMCs. Uh, one of the things we would like to limit is uh, their HLA restriction uh, right now, and I'll I'll tell you why. I'll get into that. So the only th thing that we control here right now is the HLA DR4 allele, and what we uh, aim to do is by getting the PBMCs from these uh, these patients, we would like to devise some culture systems. Uh, to enrich tissue reactive T regs. And we don't have any data right now to be able to tell you further about it, but we are working on the ways to um, add antigen or pancreas lysate into these PBMCs and using some, uh, some markers that are quickly upregulated in the Tregs. Uh, and these are TNF receptor family members. Okay, the other thing is, which right now todd is uh doing um uh, with with in in in, in conjunction with um their end pod end pod studies um they do single cell rna sequencing with uh, paired up tcr alpha beta uh sequencing which i uh i am also after so one of the things is it is a great tool, single cell RNA seq and TCR alpha beta sequencing. These are these are great tools, and they give you, um, you know, highly detailed information. But it's a matter of how to use that information from now on. So I um, decided to work on these information uh, from an antigen discovery perspective. So. Um, Todd and I have spotted, um, have already started spotting uh, Treg and helper T cell clones uh, from some of the um, NPod um, uh, NPod sequences. Uh, so we can get our hands on the oligoclonally expanding um, Tregs and T effector cells. So this is uh, basically you can say that these are the clones that are selected uh, in an antigen pressure and they have expanded uh, in vivo in, in, in these uh, patients. Um, so I, I have another magnificent collaborator, Guideng. Um, he is he he's also an assistant professor. Uh, he, he has his lab in China. He has 20 people working uh, with him right now. So I'm really jealous. Uh, with him, so they um, he has developed a a cell based antigen discovery method, uh, which I we would like to uh, use to to decipher the antigens of these these clones. Um, so uh, very briefly, what he does is he creates a peptide MHC two single chain trimer library um, in K five sixty two uh, cells. So these are the antigen presenting, artificial antigen presenting cells. And um, our job is to shortlist uh, some of the uh, peptide sequences by uh, transducing JORCAT T cells uh, with these human TCRs. And the next step will be co-culturing these, uh, the, the peptide library uh, carrying K562s with the JORCAT T cells that carry our TCR of interest. And then uh, 
I will tell you about the readout. Um, the readout would be a highly specific trogocytosis, which is when the cells are co-cultured, K562 cell and the specific antigen-specific cell is co-cultured. Membrane parts are transferred into um, the K562 cells in a highly antigen-specific manner. And this is from Guideng's uh, postdoc paper, which, which describes the method. So here, it's just, just uh, I, I would like to show you how dramatic it is. So they limited the... Um, um, uh, antigen presenting cell that carries the right peptide MHC2 um, in uh, one in 10,000 dilution. And when, when he co-cultured um, irrelevant JERCAT uh, T cell versus uh, the specific JERCAT T cell, he noticed that trogocytosis happened only in uh, when there's a complete antigen match. And this, this cell... Um, so these K562s that carry the right peptide MHC2 are labeled with ZS green. So they inherently have ZS green. And you can gate on that population and you can see the antigen specific capture can be used as a, a highly specific and reliable method for antigen discovery. So what happens is that you need to you need to sort on this population and do a um, um, NGS sequencing, and uh, this would give you the sequence of the um, sequence of the peptide MHC2. And we have already tested this system uh, whether this works uh, for our um, GAD God peptide uh, and uh, in conjunction with K562 alongside the um, high affinity TCR that recognizes God. We have seen that um, the high affinity TCR really passes the test and the trogocytosis, so this is negative control, this is the trogocytosis uh, integer specific control. So you can distinguish the trogocytosis that is happening between high affinity TCR and uh, the uh, peptide MHC2. Um, and for the low affinity, it is still a work in progress, and um, we are still working on to improve our uh, detection ability for the low, low affinity. Um, and I will tell you uh, now what we are working on now. This is this was rather the alpha testing, uh, the known TCR R one six four TCR, and um, we are now curious to to see if this would work or this would be of use in the real TCRs um, derived from real patients. And unfortunately, these, these patients are deceased because these sequences were derived from MPOD. But one of the um, one of the good thing about these sequences is that they're, they are derived from the end organ, the draining lymph node and the pancreas tissue. And because um, we have the single cell RNA-seq uh, data alongside the TCR alpha beta information, we can distinguish which sequences come from T-regs, uh, T T which sequences come from conventional T cells. Um, and uh, the, the first attempt we have is right now, okay, because these uh, patient uh, information uh, is is accessible. We know that they were autoantibody. Uh, they had autoantibodies for God IA two. You know, 
bunch of uh, pancreas-related, autoimmune-related antigens. And some of these patients are uh, recent onset, some of them are not uh, so recent onset, but they have the same autoantibody profile. So the first attempt that we, uh, we are uh, taking right now is uh, creating our GERCAT cells uh, that, that has NFAT reporter uh, luciferase. And um, these are going to be transduced uh, with patients uh, T-REC TCRs and conventional T-cell TCRs. And these will be fully functional uh, reporter GERCAT T-cells. And on the uh, on the other side of the co-culture, in order to obtain antigen-presenting cells, we will use T-depleted uh, PBMCs uh, th that were uh, that are derived from uh, HLA-DR4 patients. And what we will do is we will treat them with whole proteins initially to be able to see whether there is any indication to use uh, the autoantibody information, whether these um, autoantibodies are reflective of anything that may uh, reflect the specificity of the Tregs and conventional T cells. But these are not the only candidates that we, we will try. So here we are trying to help our efforts uh, to do the trobocytosis-based antigen discovery uh, in, in terms of shortlisting the proteins because proteins, um, have to be uh, turned into peptides. So uh, proteins can give rise to a plethora of peptides and the, our aim will be obtaining um, our, creating our um, single cell trimer, sorry, <laughs> single chain trimer um, that has um, the peptide sequences derived from uh, proteins, these uh, GAD or IA2 and so on and so forth proteins one by one. And the aim is to create the library, uh, this DR4-specific SCT library using this information, protein information, and then co-culturing the GERCAT cells. And remember, this is a highly sensitive assay, which would give us um, a, a readout that is highly specific. So you can, you can measure uh, and sort on the trogocytosis positive cells, so the gating on the K562 cells, you can sort them based on their ability to capture the TCR, the GERCAT T-cell TCR. And what we will do is once we sort these cells, we are going to identify the uh, single chain trimer sequence by NGS. And then we will again go back to our GERCAT cells and um, validate our antigenic epitope. And um, I am going a little bit over time, but I uh, please um, I, I apologize. No, don't apologize. This is this is fine. We had a little bit of a late start, and this is the work is this is incredible work. Really fascinating. Thank you so much, Monica. Um, so, and and I am really happy to uh, have your feedback on that. But I I would like to um, finish by uh, telling you. Another new tool that we are generating to be able to tap into the biology uh, of antigen-specific Tregs and conventional T cells. So uh, it is nice that you know we are hoping to derive some antigen information out of this peptide discovery platform and um, using 
you know, Todd's cells um, that that are that has uh, TCR T-Rex avatars. Um, but once we get into the human realm, uh, which has multiple multiple peptides, multiple multiple clones, um, and if we can shortlist some of the candidates, what we can do is we can investigate the biology and it, it's uh, very much, uh, it, it goes into the validation of the information we get from the peptide discovery. Um, we need to find ways to validate and um, look into the biological re relevance of the sequences, peptide sequences and TCR sequences we are getting. So, I have developed uh, a, a, a method um, by uh, where I uh, aim to label the antigenic peptides, any peptide, uh, with a, a small six amino acid tag called tetracysteine tag. And this is a profluorescent tag. So on its own, when uh, added to the peptide, it doesn't uh, fluoresce. Uh, it doesn't produce any fluorescence. However, when you treat it with a with a chemical compound, you can turn on its fluorescence. Um, and right now, I am finalizing a manuscript for submission uh, towards the end of end of this month, hopefully. Um, and we have gone uh, great lengths to uh, understand if this is a viable method. Uh, that can be used to understand the biology of the um, T cells and T regs that we derive from patients and the sequences, peptide sequences that we derive from patients again. So this is this is just um, I'm showing this to you as a proof of principle, but it may look complicated. But I'll I'll just go slow. So here we try to understand if uh, we can first visualize these uh these yeah, labeled uh, tagged peptides and i uh, edit this uh, to the to uh, so this ova flash is the antigen that we created so ova is the is our go to model antigen um and what we did is um i derived t cells from ot2 mice uh, and uh, polyclonal T cells from uh, black six mice. Um, so these naive T cells, we converted them into T regs. We did this with naive T cells too, but because I'm talking about T regs, I would like to show you T regs. We developed them into T regs. So this is the OT2 T reg. This is polyclonal T reg. Labeled them with different trackers, mixed them one to one, and injected them into a host mouse. And we obtained our dendritic cells from a colorful mouse. This is a uh, actin DS red mice. All the cells are red. And the dendritic cells obtained from these mice are inherently red. We loaded them with um, OVHCACA. So this is the this is the modified peptide. Treated them flash uh, with flash and turned on fluorescence and gave them through the food pad. And now we are uh, looking at the popliteal lymph node of the animal. And I would like to show you a cool video. So here you're seeing um, a red dendritic cell that presents the antigen um, that is that that we labeled, and this is the modified antigen. We have a lot of uh, data showing that this doesn't really this doesn't alter the um, properties of the native peptides dramatically. So. 
So what we see is um, the, these T-regs, blue T-regs are the OT2 T-regs. And what we saw here was um, there was an antigen-specific interaction uh, between the Treg and the dendritic cell. Dendritic cell presents this uh, green antigen. And this Treg that is antigen-specific comes and captures uh, some, uh, some of this antigen and carries it away with it. And this is just another way to look at um, the peptide MHC2 capture in action. And I was uh, quite uh, excited to, to see this. And uh, this is a polyclonal T-reg that, um, that is the control here. Uh, it doesn't have the, it doesn't uh, carry any peptide MHC2 with it. And it doesn't really uh, interact with the dendritic cells uh, either. Okay, so sorry about the overtime. Um, I would like to just summarize uh, our findings uh, by, by saying that understanding T-reg biology and specificity are, are really key elements for um, successful antigen-targeted uh, therapies. And the new platforms that we are working on and other people working on um, can provide us uh, valuable information on how to modify immune networks of type 1 diabetes patients with precision. Um, this can be um, by cellular biotherapy. This can be by tolerogenic peptide delivery. Um, so it's it's just, you know, it, it's a matter of uh, deciding which way to go. Uh, and I am being optimistic here. Um, and these strategies can also be used to delineate how tumor infiltrating Tregs uh, mold tumor infiltrating lymphocyte function and repertoire. And this is also a work in progress. And please reach out if you are working on AI and machine learning based epitope prediction algorithms. Um, I would be happy to collaborate on shortlisting some of the candidates that we can uh, test um, in our downstream antigen discovery. And with that, um, I would like to thank you first. And um, uh, here is my lab. Um, this is my partner in crime. Um, so I, uh, my husband is a B cell biologist. He runs his own lab. I run my own lab, but we run, we, we run the uh, labs unofficially together. So we have a nice booming uh, research group. And um, I would like to thank my collaborators, especially um, University of Florida collaborators for the research I presented here, especially Todd, uh, her his uh, former postdoc Venel, and uh, his uh, current members Matthew, Liana, Thin Tinzar, um, and my other collaborators in other institutions and in my home institution. Um, with that, I would be happy to take any questions. Thank you so much, um, Pilar. This is really amazing work. It's it's you've really just done an incredible job of um, drilling down into these interactions and in multiple different protocol uh, approaches, and it, it, it's beautiful. Um, I want I'd like to open it up for questions. Well, I, I I am happy to answer any questions if you email me. So please feel free to reach out to me. And there is my uh, lab website. Um, you can follow us on Twitter or, you know, you can, you can message me any way you feel comfortable. That sounds great. I think, um, well, this will be shown on our website. So we'll have a, a much wider and larger audience and I encourage people to reach out to you in that way.
additionally to, um, you know, if anyone is involved in the AIML based epitope uh, predictive algo, you know, generation, uh, like you uh, requested in the earlier slide, that would be a, a great person to reach out. And um, I don't know if you're accepting any postdocs now, but if you do, or if you have, if you are a postdoc looking, this looks like a phenomenal lab to um, join with just so much work and so much collaborative effort. Um, reach out to me. So yeah, we have endless uh, possibilities here. And as I said, we are on the right now upward trajectory to discover things. So it may be a good time to join uh, our lab. Absolutely. Um, this is, oh, <clears throat> this is a really amazing talk. Thank you. As someone has said, could you please explain a little bit about your work with MS? Um, that's a very good question. This is also a work in progress. And I would like to say that um, I am, to be honest, I am disease agnostic. Um, I am a T-cell biologist and my particular interest happens to be right now antigen-specific Tregs. So antigen-specific Tregs relate to a lot of autoimmune conditions. Uh, type 1 diabetes is one of them. MS is another one of them. So now that I am in neurology department, I have access to uh, patient samples here and these are precious patient samples. So these are samples from CSF of MS patients as well as healthy controls. Um, so we would like to um, understand uh, what we are capable of using the type 1 diabetes system. And then this will be applied to the uh, MS-related antigens, myelin-derived antigens and um, and you know other other antigens that are implicated in the pathogenesis of of MS, but we haven't uh, started that yet. So hopefully we will derive more information from type one diabetes research that we have right now and funnel that information into into our MS research. Okay, well, um, they, uh, people ask whether video will be available, and I said yes, it will be available shortly after editing on our website uh, www. Thank you again, Bilar. This is an amazing um, platform you've developed and are developing. I cannot wait to see sort of where this goes. Uh, at the, We'll check in again, probably at the end of 2023. And I think we, I, I really, um, it, it looks you have all um, all wheels going. It looks like it's good. you're gonna have some really great results at least uh, even by that time. So we'll check in again then. And thank you again for this phenomenal presentation. Thanks very much for having me, Monica. It, it, it's my pleasure. Have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.